Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So guys, yeah, you know Omaha Steaks, right? Steak! Exclamation point. Uh, for a limited time, you can find a variety of packages filled with beautiful Omaha Steaks. Beautiful. Um, plus other premium meats, side dishes, artisan desserts, yummy, and so much more. I'm getting hungry for lunch, by the way. All ideal for Dad's special day. These packages come flash, flash, frozen, vacuum sealed, and delivered in a cooler uh, with dry ice safely to your door. That means fresher than fresh, all backed by Omaha Steaks' unconditional 100% money-back guarantee. Omaha Steaks is offering listeners a variety of amazing packages. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code LIBERAL, L-I-B-E-R-A-L, into the search bar for to unlock savings of 50% and more. With code liberal, you'll receive free shipping uh, and a free one pound package. Ooh, I'm getting hungry again. Of delicious applewood oh smoked steak cut bacon. The bacon. This stuff, folks. <laughs> um, there are many more packages oh. available. OmahaSteaks.com. Enter the code liberal in the search bar. This country is truly being run like one of Donald Trump's businesses. Hi, I'm John Teagle saying this is Sanity Cast, the uh, helpful little friendly Stephanie Miller sexy liberal podcast network pod about how to stay sane when your country has been turned over to Caligula by the Christians. Uh, and listen, th- this is how it's been for the entire year of 2020. Uh, everything happening right the fuck at once. And then for three months, nothing but plague. And then for two weeks, nothing but uprising against racism and police brutality, and then back to everything happening right the fuck at once, plus plague, uh, and plague being ignored, except by the people who are dying in large numbers. Now, I, I, I shudder to speak in absolutes, and I don't like to make predictions. We all know that that means nothing anymore. And the worst thing anyone can do with, with, in the era of comb over Caligula is to say, this is the tipping point. How many times have you heard it? How many times have, have we heard a well-intentioned progressive or liberal or, or moderate or Democrat or just person who's anti-evil uh, come out and say, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The crumbling begins now. This is it. And it's always been wrong, 
Remember Mueller? Remember, uh, I mean, Mueller turning in 10 counts of obstruction of justice. You remember Michael Cohen's testimony? Oh, that was going to be the beginning of the end. I remember the op-eds about how Michael Cohen's testimony was going to bury this man. The impeachment, it was right there in black and white. You should not go and try to bribe people uh, to help you cheat in an election. If there are honest people among the 40 or so listening, we all thought all of these, or we didn't all think, many of us said, heralded, this is the beginning of the end. So I'm loath to speak in such terms. But I think there's going to be one story now. And I do think that this, coupled with everything else, is the beginning of the end. I'm going to say this now. And we're recording this the day that the wonderful Carl Reiner has died, a man who deserved to live long enough to see Election Day. This is it. I mean, it's been bad already. Over 100,000 deaths, 40 odd million out of work. The Trump administration is trying to end Obamacare during a pandemic to take health care away from millions. It's almost, almost like, like a hostile foreign power that wants America to be destabilized is controlling him. Uh, the, the polls are terrible for him. Biden is just beating him. Oh, my God. Biden is just smacking him around like Clarence Darrow smacking around a Batman enemy. Uh, and then, of course, we just came off of Donald Trump's sad, loser, piss poor, bigly bad week right? Like a million requests for tickets in a room that only seated 19K and 6,000 showed up. He figures he'll go out there and play the hits, but he got smacked by Supreme Court. He got burned by John Bolton. He had this Friday night massacre firing another attorney that turned into a weekend-long clusterfuck. And then the rallies, Palooza. I want to call them a Gonderu, Clusterfest, Quid Pro Coachella, the Isle of Very, Very, Very White Festival, Spreadstock, First Tucson, then his little Hitler youth rally in Arizona the other day where he gets a bunch of white Christian kids to laugh at his not funny Kung Flu racist joke. Were those kids laughing because it was a funny joke? Uh, Kung Flu was kind of tropey back when douchebags were saying it in March. No, those kids were laughing because the president of the United States gave them permission to be racist. It's kind of a metaphor for this entire experience. Donald Trump has given so many people permission to embrace the laziest, shittiest, worst sides of themselves. Just pure id. Fuck empathy. Fuck the feelings of others. Let's make a joke that's going to make Chinese kids get teased on the bus. Kung flu. Let's all sit in a goddamn church. All of us white motherfuckers and all you young children defending Aunt Jemima, all you young children indifferent to the, your parents sent you to a church to hear a man who bragged about grabbing women by the pussy. That's how awful every single one of those white children in that church were. I'm sorry. If you walk into that building, you're a party to it. Don't tell me he's only 14, 14 smart enough to know right from wrong. And Donald Trump gave a bunch of kids permission to laugh at a joke that wasn't funny. It was just racist and mean. None of it matters. None of it matters now that we know what has been going on. The White House says Donald Trump wasn't briefed about Putin's bounties on troops. Trump says he didn't hear the white power chant in the video he posted. But <laughs> I want to tell you a phrase um, that uh, is a military expression. It's called dignified transfer. That's what the armed forces call the deeply solemn and painful process of returning slain soldiers to the family they loved and back to the country they volunteered to serve. If you've ever witnessed any of this when bodies are returned home, because remember, George W. Bush would not let cameras film the bodies coming home. That was bad for politics. So 
if you've ever seen it, you know how powerful it is. And and a lot of us thought we couldn't be shot by anything uh, Kim Jong-oops does. But reports that have been confirmed that he was briefed about Russia paying Taliban-adjacent terrorists to kill American soldiers and NATO troops should be indescribably offensive to every citizen of, of America, every citizen of the world. Now, keep in mind, they can't hoax this away. I mean, the Times reported it right away. Liberal rag, the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post verified it. And over the days that have happened, well, again, within 24 hours of me recording this, CNN confirmed that this was in the presidential daily briefing. And AP confirmed that Trump knew about this for over a year. He knew for over a year that Vladimir Putin was paying for murder of American troops. This entire episode is going to be about this. There's going to be an, a little bit in the middle with Pete Dominic, who's a wonderful guy and you're going to love him. But if this is true, and again, let's give the 1% benefit of the doubt that as a bunch of White House sources deliberately lying to all these different news outlets, uh, obviously they've shared their sources with these other news outlets. They all know it's credible. This White House is leaking like a rubber raft full of guys wearing cleats. So this is it. It should have happened when he mocked a disability. It should have happened when he said, grab him by the pussy. It should have happened when he had to pay $26 million in fines for stealing from Americans with his fraudulent online scam university. He should have been impeached for 10 counts of obstruction. He should have been impeached for the neglect of Puerto Rico after the hurricane. Every cabinet member, and I mean everyone, including transportation, everyone should have resigned after Helsinki. He should have been thrown out for trying to coerce the president of Ukraine to help him cheat to win another election. Now, Bolton could have testified to all of this. And by the way, John Bolton's book is a book for people who really admire John Bolton and hate Donald Trump. That's a very, very narrow range of humanity. And most of them are named Bolton or related to someone named Bolton. And the book is going to say that Trump committed Ukraine-like transgressions across his entire foreign policy. Yet, John Bolton and his deputy chose to legally fight efforts to tell Congress about it during impeachment because he had a goddamn book. Now we're hearing in addition to all the stuff, and again, you know, screw John Bolton so much. John Bolton has never met a war he wasn't afraid to send your children to die in. John Bolton's willing to lie to send your children to die in a war. And he's such a star fucker. This whole book is on the back of two different celebrities, Donald Trump and Lin-Manuel Miranda, because the book is called The Room Where It Happened. So fuck John Bolton, please. And again, it allegedly goes beyond Ukraine. Talked about the misconduct with other countries. But we've now learned from AP that John Bolton, briefed Trump on this in March of 2019. So if this is true, and John Bol and by the way, John Bolton, I bet you anything this is not in this book. Where are his comments on this? Why isn't he speaking out now? Why hasn't anyone spoken out about this? Why didn't these people resign a year ago when they knew Donald Trump knew that Putin was buying the murder of our soldiers? And he did and said nothing. I'm going to go through every possible aspect of this, and I apologize, but I promise when this is over, I, you will be the smartest kid at the water cooler on this. Now, okay, there, there's Bolton. Um, Bolton knew. They all knew. But what do we know? The Times first reported that American intelligence had assessed, and that word's important, that a Russian military spy unit was offering bounties to Taliban-linked fighters in Afghanistan to kill coalition troops, including American ones. And again, the intelligence community had first briefed the White House. We thought 
February of 2020. But the White House was briefed probably. And again, if any of the, if this is all proven to be lies, I'll do a whole episode apologizing. But it's believable. It's one of those things in the Trump era that's shocking and believable because they knew in March of 2019. Donald Trump knew for 15 months and he's claiming he just found out. U.S. forces in Afghanistan had 10 deaths from hostile gunfire or IEDs in 2018. They had 16 last year. Two have been killed this year. Russian bounties for killing our troops. And they are believed to have resulted in the deaths of several specific U.S. service members. We have not yet been told which ones. We, we, we will be told which ones. Every American will hear the names and so know the faces of the soldiers in Afghanistan who were killed in the line of duty because Vladimir Putin was paying Taliban members to murder them. And Donald Trump knew for 15 months. We will know all their names. Now, Donald Trump denied being briefed about it. No one in the White House has denied the story. And this is very important when you're dealing with your right wing, hateful loved ones in the next couple of weeks over this, because this story will get bigger. I promise this is bigger than Ukraine. This is this is bigger than Russian collusion, which is a real thing. It's not a real crime, but it happened. Trump tweeted, Intel just reported to me that they did not find this info credible and therefore did not report it to me or VP, possibly another fabricated Russia hoax, maybe by the fake news New York Times books wanting to make Republicans look bad. The only person in our government who says this story didn't happen is Trump. The government's official policy, the White House's official policy is, yes, this happened. But the president wasn't told. Do you understand how lethally horrible this is? There's no way out. I've said for a long time, friends, that this ends with Trump resigning, and I still believe it. Whether he loses the election, wins the election, or doesn't take part in the election, he resigns. Now, uh, Lindsey Graham tweeted, uh, it's imperative. Congress get to the bottom of the reports. And Lindsey knows all about that. Liz Cheney uh, said, who did know and when? And by the way, what kind of apocalypse tribulation is going on when I'm saying, hell yes, sister, to a Liz Cheney tweet? Okay, but let's assume Donald Trump is telling the complete truth. And he's only known for two or three days. Okay, you ready? In those two or three days, what actions has he taken? What has he done in those two or three days since he's known? Nothing but call it a hoax. And his own White House isn't calling it a hoax. They're not even on the same page about reality anymore, folks. There's no way out of this for Trump. And this is why you can't ban Trump from Twitter, because every one of those obnoxious tweets is admissible evidence. Think about it. Think about it. He supposedly wasn't briefed. Okay. Where does the White House or DNI uh, seem to have a problem with the fact that he wasn't briefed? Do they care? Are they interested? Um, are they going to pretend they care that the president wasn't briefed? Are they going to pretend that Trump is now interested in learning more about the assessment? No, he's not interested in learning more. He's saying maybe a hoax. Let's break it down. If Trump did know, here's the scandal. The idea that a, a sitting president and his administration would do nothing about a hostile foreign power funding the murder of Americans. He knew they were murdering our troops and did nothing. According to the New York Times, the White House did present Donald Trump and the military presented Donald Trump with an array of options, including uh, uh, telling Russia to stop and increasing sanctions on Russia, having escalated sanctions on Russia. No actions were taken. No actions were taken. No actions were taken. Now, 
okay, in this period, since Trump knew, he has continually described Russia and Putin as friends. And I don't hate the Russian people. I'm, I'm going, I don't hate the American people. I don't hate the North Korean people. I'm talking about their evil leaders. I don't hate the Iranian people. I don't hate the Philippine people. I don't hate the Turkish people. Talking about their evil leaders. Donald Trump sent humanitarian aid to Russia. He sent ventilators to Russia before any other country. He has publicly prodded other nations to readmit Russia into the G7, knowing they were buying the murder of our troops. And again, if Trump didn't know, what does that mean? It means he knows now. And his statements so far have only been denying anything and blaming Obama. Again, the White the article says he was briefed. The White House says he wasn't. Normally, if you're a presidential aide, you you don't want to tell the entire world that the leader of the free world is ill-informed. You try to avoid telling the planet that the president of the United States is completely ignorant about whatever you're talking about. The fact that they've chosen this strategy of telling the world the president is merely ignorant and ill-informed shows you how terrified they are in the White House. Maybe all these sources are wrong. Maybe everyone who talked to the Times, and it's now been corroborated by these other sources, maybe they're all wrong and there is no assessment. Maybe let's assume that Donald Trump is the one person who's right about this. Uh, but neither the White House or the military have denied the core of this reporting. So it's theoretically not possible. So maybe they decided this isn't worth telling the president, right? Like with the aides, the military, the you know NSC discussed it. But you know what? This doesn't merit his attention. Well, that goes against the article. We know it was put in the president's daily brief. So they can't make that argument. It was in the presidential daily briefing. They claim he doesn't like to read. They're going to try to use Trump's ignorance to get out of this because we've been told many times he doesn't like to read. He likes oral briefings. So let's say he was verbally briefed. Well, that means that um, the White House officials are lying because, again, if he was orally briefed, why hasn't the president responded in any way? So maybe it was only in writing. It was in the PDB, right? So if that's the case, they've been lying because we now know it was in the PDB. So then it was in the written PDB, but he didn't see it. He doesn't read, right? He likes to be told things. Well, if that's the case, the National Security Advisor and the Defense Secretary and the Secretary of State, they read it. They knew. And they never brought it up to the president. Or they forgot to make sure the president knew about it. Do you understand how far reaching this is? Maybe they thought this is way too hot to, to, to tell anyone, but they put it in the PDB. So they all knew. So how did they debate it? The NSC had an interagency meeting where they debated it. Did they debate it and then decide not to tell the president about it? No, it's in the PDB. <laughs> the presidential daily briefing. Remember, we all learned about those with George W. Bush, August 6th, 2001. Headline, bin Laden determined to attack in U.S. And Bush responded, like Trump, went off on vacation for a month. The White House is defending Russia. The president's defending Russia. He's defending Russia. They paid the Taliban bounties to kill us. So, again, the White House is lying, saying he wasn't briefed. Why weren't they briefed? Was the info in the PDB? Yes, it was. So the White House is lying he wasn't briefed. Trump is lying that he didn't know. How was it debated? What actions has he taken? No one told him when he was fighting for Russia to be back in the G7. Why didn't anyone think the president needed to know? And if it's not Donald Trump's indifference to the story, it's the staff's incompetence. So let's assume that 
there, there's no sort of uh, uh, malevolence at play here. Why hasn't anyone been fired yet? Why hasn't anyone been fired yet? Uh, the only reason Trump wouldn't be briefed was because the NSC knows you can't trust this guy with intelligence about Russia. Think about it. If he wasn't briefed, they have to fire the intel officials. They got to be fired right now. And if he was briefed, then Trump needs to resign. It's that simple. He's a fucking moron, my friends. And I apologize for offending morons. But either Trump was briefed and did nothing, or his staff is completely incompetent. But either way, either way, and Trump will blame his staff. It'll get to there. It's going to go from hoax to misunderstanding, to blame the staff. But either way, it was a signal to Vladimir Putin that this White House knows you're killing our troops and we're okay with it for a year and three months. I don't have the words to describe the scope of this yet. I don't have the jokes for it yet either. He's denying he knew of the reports that Vladimir Putin was killing our troops. And the intel officials are affirming the underlying intelligence. The intel officials are saying it was briefed at the highest levels of the White House. The intel officials are throwing Trump under the bus. The military is about to throw Trump under the bus. They've already begun. The Marine Corps banning the Confederate flag was throwing Trump under the bus, and the Navy followed suit. Now, um, really quick, January and February of this year, SEAL Team 6 raided a Taliban outpost. They found half a million dollars in cash, which confirmed the intel community's suspicions that Russia's paying bounties. March of 2020, U.S. Intel had a big interagency meeting to talk about the intel that Russia was offering this. This is the meeting we've heard about, right? Uh, Intel concluded Russia had done it. The New York Times reported that Trump had been briefed on it. So April 18th, 2020, Trump said in public, I have a very good relationship with Russia, with Putin. He had known for 13 months when he said this, I have a very good relationship with the man who's paying for the murder. He's buying the murder of your armed forces. On May 8th, 2020, he said of Russia, we had no calls from Russia for years. And all of a sudden we had this great friendship. And by the way, getting along with Russia is a great thing. Getting along with Putin and Russia is a great thing. And then he talked with Putin and sent the ventilators there. And this year for Putin, he pulled out of Syria and left our allies to slaughter. He handed over an American military base and an airfield we built to Russian troops, gleefully broadcast on Russian state media. He pulled out of Germany because Putin wanted it, never told Germany he was moving one third of our troops out. He pulled out of the Open Skies Treaty because Putin wanted it. He's done all of this for Putin this year, knowing that Putin is buying the murder of our troops. Because Putin bought Trump's debt through Deutsche Bank. This is it. May 21st, 2020, Russia and us... Oh, the grammar on this fucker. Russia and us have developed a very good relationship. As you know, we worked on the oil problem together. I think we have a very good relationship with Russia. May 30th, he postponed the G7 summit and demanded again that Russia be reinstated. June 5th, he sent all the ventilators. June 24th, he attacked Obama and Biden for being weak on Russia. What does that mean? He said, they were the ones that were doing it. This was before us. It hasn't happened with us, and it won't happen with us either. It's happening right now. Donald Trump <laughs> Donald Trump has refused to do anything to stop Russia from hacking our next election. And he's blaming, essentially blaming Obama because there was election interference under Obama, but not under me. He's literally, this is the mediocre white guy blaming the black guy for himself. I'm only here because of the black guy. Don't look at me. <laughs> June 25th. The day before the news of this broke, Trump said again, I was tougher on Russia than any president that's ever lived, any president. He knew the story was coming out on June 25th. He knew it was coming. 
June 26th, the story broke. This is going to be the one, friends. I had all this stuff planned to talk about today. This is all you need to know. I want to turn it over now to a great interview with a great broadcaster. Uh, Pete Dominic is a terrific radio host. He enjoyed a show called Stand Up with Pete Dominic at Sirius XM for many years. He's the reason that I work at Sirius XM. Pete uh, hired me to do a show on the, uh, the Insight Channel. And now Pete is doing an amazing podcast called uh, Stand Up with Pete Dominic. And Pete's had a very amazing life of um, having some incredible hardship right before the pandemic started. And now he's thriving. He's incredibly inspiring, incredibly funny, incredibly smart. I hope you enjoy Pete Dominic. You're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you notice your wrinkles and large under eye bags. You rummage through your bag thinking, where's your secret weapon? And there it is. Plexiderm. You apply the clear serum under your eyes and boom, two minutes later, you start seeing the under eye bags and wrinkles disappearing in front of your eyes. You'll look years younger. Plexiderm is the clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's the Valentine's Day gift you give yourself. Go to triplexiderm.com and enter Voices for 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. Again, enter Voices at triplexiderm.com to get 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention code VOICES. Plexiderm is backed by a 90-day money-back guarantee, so to get our special discount, enter Voices at triplexiderm.com. Pete Dominic, welcome to Sanity Cast. It's very good to hear your voice. John Fugelsang, my old pal, my teammate, my fearless leader, my male model, you're, my dream lover. Yeah. My I don't know. Most of those, model. you're my fearless leader, you're my you're my uh li- lifeline, my my male lover, Pete. Uh there's a few I've got to get the name straight. And uh my 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 donor uh, one time I needed a kidney. Pete didn't even ask. He just reached behind, ripped out his own, handed it to me, ran off. That was it, it wasn't even be... wasn't even a match. So it was actually a useless gesture. But that's the kind of man he is. He'll do it without even getting fair, a blood test. It wasn't even mine. I just had a kidney back there. Oh, I thought it was hand. actually yours because it was. Still, no, I would not have. It was still. Done it was that. very fresh, Pete. Is why no, we I thought didn't. it was. I had murdered a child, and I thought it would fit your body. Oh, but it didn't. Okay, well, um, thanks. For, it's the thought that matters, Pete Dominic. I want to. I want to begin with something that I ask everyone these days. Uh, as soon as I begin any conversation, which is, how are you, and how are your people, and how have you been managing during? house arrest during this curious, peculiar chapter in art history? Well, surprisingly well, John, and I appreciate you asking. My tough time was after I got canned by Sirius. My, you know, they didn't, they canned our channel and, and didn't renew my contract. That was th- those four months after that, uh, trying to figure out my life and what it all meant, my ego and rebuilding and career and work and obviously money and health insurance and all of that was a real struggle for me. And so I, I suppose that the timing of the pandemic uh, arriving when it arrived, I was kind of ready. I was already working from home and so on. But basically, I, I'd gone through this deep, dark depression, and I had rebuilt my show and was at that point starting to go well. And with the pandemic, I took my podcast every day, and so now it's daily. And I'm because of of, of having such a hard time after losing my job and being you know experiencing as you and I have talked about off the air a lot depression for the first time, yeah. which means I had a pretty good life. But that kind of you know, not clinical, not brain chemistry, just circumstantial. 
and I was able to, to, to get out of it with the help of a, a lot of good friends and, and obviously my, my wife being such a rock and my hero. So I guess the pandemic for, for me and for my family, it hasn't been that hard. My wife is, is doing well with her personal training business virtually. And my girls who are 15 and 12 have adapted. You know, we're in a sweet spot with our kids where we don't have to be on top of them. Right. And they go to bed at like, you know, three in the morning, wake up at noon and, and they get good grades. So we just make sure there's food in the house and they're on autopilot. So all in all, honestly, surprisingly well is the shorter answer. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I mean, it's been obviously a surreal time for everybody. And, you know, it's been strange to me, Pete, I wanted your take on it. The way I've tried to understand this Trump experience has been like, I call it what the fuck fatigue. It's just constant barrage of awful news. And then Trump's mouth being this tennis ball machine that vomits out these bouncy yellow balls and everyone chases every ball down every rabbit hole. And it's nonstop gaslighting 400 bad things a day. And then suddenly we shift over overnight and it's one story after everything happening right the fuck at once all the time. We flip to just one story, this plague for almost three months. It's just one story. There's other things, but they all fit under this umbrella of the biggest thing that happened since 9-11. And then suddenly and abruptly, the one story becomes one other story, which is the plague is over the, the, and we're all out there protesting uh, racism and we're out there protesting police brutality. Confederate flags are finally coming down, changed mm-hmm. on, on a pace that we've never seen on the local level from mass demonstrations. I mean, we've never seen demonstrations in 100 different cities for the same topic at the same time lead to so much local right. regional change. And now after two weeks of that, it seems like. We're right back to, oh, where we left off in the first week of March, everything happening right the fuck at once again. Yeah, that's really, really well articulated and framed as always, John. And I think it's a I, I don't know, I, I do believe everything and everyone is connected. And, and I think that we would not have had the type of momentum with Black Lives Matter, this iteration of it. 21st century civil rights movement, which has been going on, obviously, since, you know, some people mark it starting around Trayvon Martin, others around Ferguson with Michael Brown. But regardless, I don't think we would have seen the momentum and the depth of it without the pandemic. And people have tried to explain what the connection is. And and we can agree or disagree on, on, on what it might be. But my point is, I don't think we would have the movement and the impact and momentum of the movement without the pandemic. And yes, I think now we're in this kind of confused time of year, which coincides also with summer and school ending for kids and people trying to figure out their lives. And is this going to come back and is the economy going to come back? And there's 140 days as we tape this until the election. So Mm -hmm. there is a lot going on and it's hard to know, you know, where to put your focus. But I think people in the end come back to what's most important to them, and that would be their health. And their human rights. And so, you know, for black lives and black folks, they're not only thinking about their health, which, of course, they're disproportionately affected, but also, you know, this movement. And is now the time to capitalize on it? And I think the the clear answer is yes. Well, let me ask you about that, because the other thing I'm really struggling with, and I've asked this of every activist I've talked to, is how do we balance the need for social justice with the need for social distance. Because uh, my my honest truth is I have these moments. I was at one March. I, I've been trying to avoid them because I promised my wife and I, I I was sick for a while and I got a kid and I, I'm trying to avoid crowds to, to be a responsible woke person. This is the first major protest I haven't brought my little kid to. I brought him to the Black Lives Matter Millions March and the anti-Muslim ban march. But 
I have to ask myself, how much am I helping black lives? How much am I helping essential workers if I run the risk of being a spreader because I go to an event with 400 other people? And I honestly, it's one of those dilemmas I love because I don't have a quick, snappy answer to it. I don't know what is the, and I'm also terrified that if there is an explosion, Trump will just use the occasion to blame it all on the protesters. So Uh, I've never had such mixed feelings in my life at protests that I've never agreed more with. Yeah, I think that's a really also a really important question that people are asking. And I never even thought about the potential for, you know, some kind of a terrorist attack or explosion. No, I just Uh, mean spread. I just mean spreading the bug. I just mean spreading. uh, Oh, I see what you're saying. saying. But but either way. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, I, I also think that we all we all are looking at this through our own eyes and you being who you are with a massive following and having a national radio show and so on, feeling a certain sensibility um, to, to be there, you know, to be the change you want to see and to show up at the protest that you're saying you should support. But I also think that this is also a, a personal decision for everybody. And, and everybody has their own personal situation. You have a young child at home. Uh, also, you know, do we need to be at this protest? How important is it for even people our age? Some people might say, you know, does sickly Moby and uglier Johnny Depp, <laughs> you and I, need to be at this protest we're over 40 whatever this is a young youth led protest i think Chappelle, you know said that well in his special which i've otherwise i wasn't impressed with and i don't really understand why he put that out i was happy to hear his opinions on things but why in that setting but for uh, furthermore the, the one of the good points amongst many he made regardless of whether it was funny or appropriate uh was that this is a youth led movement and i'll i'll follow the young people and the people of color and so whether or not you yourself show up is one thing, whether or not the rest of us or young people should be showing up that are, are less likely to be ill, but of course, just as likely to be carriers right. is another thing. And I think that if it's done responsibly, especially right now, when in, in the areas where the virus seems to be uh, a, 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 taking a pause, at least for the moment, I th- I think it's OK, but I wouldn't argue with somebody who necessarily was against it. You know, it's a tough thing to argue about your civil rights and your human rights and your own kind of public safety. Yeah. If you're a person of color um, versus your own health, your own, you know, whether or not your your immune system and those around you. It's right. a very I think it's a tough call. But I, 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 I end up siding with the fact that most of these Folks are hopefully out there socially distancing and wearing masks uh, and not, you know, and and feeling okay, or they wouldn't be out there. I don't know. I don't don't know. know. I mean, I look at, you know, these are the two issues that have dominated our year, right? We thought it was going to be a year that was all about impeachment and a presidential campaign. And instead, it's all about a plague and people finally figuring out 155 years later that the Confederacy might not be a good thing. Um, well, think about all the amount of time wasted talking about the horse race and who's going to be the nominee and, and, and you know, what's going to happen and, and, and how the campaigns, the conventions, when the pandemic shut everything down. And I think it's a lesson that goes to serve you, whether it's your own personal issue, like I had losing your job or having any other number set a uh, number of setbacks. Uncertainty is terrifying and it is confusing and it is guaranteed especially in politics. And so I think that the pandemic is the umbrella over all of the rest of the important issues regarding so politics, economy, anything else. And so none of us really know what what is going to happen in the next 140 days. 
I have no idea. I mean, do you really feel it's it like was how you campaign? At the same time, was it a wasted time during this presidential horse race? Because I think the fact that the enthusiasm was so great that obviously I'm always despondent at how these liberal Democrats and centrist Democrats just can't get along. I mean, you know, I know plenty of Bernie supporters and Biden supporters and Warren supporters who don't have to fucking hate each other. Uh, they just stake their claim and they're nice. But like, I, I thought it lent so much civic engagement. People were so into it. And I don't mind the horse race aspect of politics in America because we sure don't care about issues. So whatever well, it takes to get people to yeah, lean in know, for me. I wonder, and I haven't paid that close attention. You would be probably a person to know hosting, you know, your show on the channel at Sirius XM uh, like yours. But, uh, you know, how, how much is there still a real divide between the, the kind of the, the far left Bernie supporters? If you want to frame them, I'm far left. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's the Overton window and the labels don't seem to serve us. But the kind well, of I don't know, you know I still worry these people, who, you know, the, well, because go ahead. the pandemic, I wonder my point is I don't have I haven't heard anybody talking about this much, so I don't know how accurate it is. The pandemic, the, the, the president mishandling this so badly. I wonder if that changes the opinion where they say, listen, Joe Biden, there's no progressive way to necessarily handle a public health issue. You listen to the experts and you do whatever they tell you. Joe Biden wouldn't have screwed this up and he won't screw it up in the future. Yeah. But maybe they look at, you know, the PPE and the way that's been handled. And Democrats haven't done a good job with the oversight or they've been handing that out too much. I disagree. And there's full criticism. So well, maybe I mean, I think the Democrats are the unsung heroes of this whole thing with the amount. I think the sheer amount of added uh, unemployment insurance they built into the CARES Act may be the thing that winds up saving the economy from completely teetering over. Uh, I'm not sure yet. It's too early to tell. But I mean, <clears throat> I'll make fun of Democrats any day. <clears throat> but let me ask you, like, how do you feel about the inevitability of nominee Biden? Because let's not forget, I think the last time I saw you, Biden was still kind of like hanging around like Abe Bogota in that race. He wasn't winning anything. He had no money. He still has no money. He he kind of just sat back and had a uh, first had a smart strategy of letting everybody else beat each other up and targeting local TV news appearances in swing counties. That worked. And now it seems for his presidential campaign, he had a strategy of sitting back and letting Donald Trump hit himself in the head with a polo mallet. And that yeah, seems to have worked too. Yeah, you know, I've got no problem with that at all. It's not the sexiest take and it doesn't fill up a lot of time. But the best thing Joe Biden could do is nothing. And uh, the, the best thing Joe Biden could do is choose a vice president and cabinet. And that would get a lot of excitement right and now. talking about yeah. that. And, and it would it would obviously signal the kind of direction that he wants to take. So he's going to pick most likely. I, I can't believe he'd be unless it's Elizabeth Warren. He's going to pick a black woman. Warren or a black woman would probably be really good. Do you but like? I I like Kamala Harris. I think she was always, you know, before. She was always my second choice after Elizabeth Warren. And I I think she'd be great. I think she'd be excited. I think she would be ferocious and fierce and the kind of Democrat the Democrats are always complaining doesn't exist. As you see from a questioning of Brett Kavanaugh and other people, her ability to ask tough questions is not unlike Elizabeth Warren and a few other yep. women. Yep. And I think I think she'd be a great voice, vice president. And then I think when Biden says he's not going to run again, she'll be a good president. Yep. And she'll position well but i think the whole I, I think he sits back does nothing picks a cabinet lets us all talk about it be critical of it compliment it whatever and then he wins hopefully in a ground swell in november and then trump uh tries to destroy everything he can from november 6 to the inauguration mm. and i do not that the military will be on his side. I do not think so either. I think they've already seen them turn. Yeah, I mean, that's been the other thing I wanted to get to you about. But I think uh, I agree with pretty much everything you've said. I called the nominating ticket as being Biden and Kamala Harris. 
I think in March of 2017, I said that was the most likely ticket. I still think it is. I do think that Val, Den- I, I don't think it'll be Senator Warren. Um, if, because A, I don't think they want two white people in their 70s from the East Coast. Right. And B, well, yeah, now even less likely, given the, the Black Lives Matter and the popularity of the movement and how a public opinions changed. I feel like that's a really good point that the likelihood now is so much more like he's got to pick a black woman. He yeah, he's got to. He's got to. And, and again, if it's I, I, to me, it's a two uh, person race between Senator Harris, of course, who um, I think is someone who can easily turn her negatives into a positive. You'll hear yeah. some liberals well, saying Jill Biden does not like Kamala Harris. I heard that rumor and I wouldn't give it too much. It doesn't matter. If she does, she should get over. Yeah. I mean, Reagan didn't like George Bush and Kennedy didn't like uh, LBJ. These things happen. Um, but I do think that, uh, you know, you the smartest thing you can do is have a black woman cop after all the protests we've seen and the way the president has tried and the way the right wing media has tried to change this narrative to being about Antifa or rioting or looting or law and order because they don't want to say the words police brutality. They can't say the word systemic racism and they don't want the debate to be about the fact that George Floyd had a right to not be murdered by a cop. So they'll talk about all the law and order stuff. So then when you actually run a Kamala Harris or the other strong candidate, in my opinion, Representative Val Demings, now you have an African-American woman cop. There goes your law and order. Democrats are no good on an argument. There goes your MS-13 argument. There goes your soft on crime argument. Well, You've actually literally got a cop there who's black. And if it's, uh, you know, I mean, Kamala, I like because being- she'll, re- but de- she's great, obviously. Democrats don't need California. They're going to have it no matter what. Val Demings would turn out the population in Florida and she rides a Harley. But I think either one of them is uh, pretty demographically smart. She rode a Harley, but that's a good, those are good. She's she's the chief of the Orlando police department and rides a Harley and is a black grandma from Florida. It's like demographic bingo. Uh, It's also something I'm really into. Anyway, I, I I don't, uh, (laughs) I I actually think you're, I think you're going to take back part of what you said when I say that you're naive for saying there goes your blank argument. You you know better than we don't live in a world where the the credibility of a candidate means that an argument is is from the right, especially is dismissed. I mean, you could be a a Medal of Honor winner. And if Trump tarnished you, you would be tarnished because you they don't the credibility of the candidate. Even the optics don't matter to Trump and his supporters. The, The reason or or data mm. uh, or anything else doesn't matter. So when you say there goes a, the argument, I would temper that with, you know, they'll have this flank cover, but they will still argue that she is an anti uh, th- whatever. They'll, they'll say she's the Easter Bunny and people will be convinced. Right. But uh, unless unless my argument might be protected beneath a protective cover or sheath, if you will, my argument might survive this this fusillade from you if the whole point of uh, said argument is not to sway conservatives, which can never be done. One acknowledges you cannot sway those who are beyond reason. You know, my new thing with these people, Pete, is anytime I'm in a debate, right away, if I let myself get sucked into a debate, the first question I ask is, where was Barack Obama born? Based on their answer to that, oh, yeah. I will then yeah. know before I move any further if this person values the lies and racism of a TV show character over right. over objective well, truth. If they say, that's a great, you know what I mean? Like, that's my limit. It just saves me time. Uh, he, he says he's born in the U.S. and I take him at his word. Okay, no, you oh, don't. I knew, 
I have another. I have a. Uh, we should we should talk about this and add to each other's. But my threshold of questions now, because now there's the the you know a lot of anti-vax people, and I know uh, a couple in my community yeah. that uh, is very anti-vax, and they've been spreading all these crazy things about COVID and you know Bill Gates and all that. And so I got into it with her, and I asked her the same kind of litmus test, you know, threshold questions of where she stands, so I can understand. And I and I asked Moon Landing Fugel saying. I went with moon landing, moon landing. And, and, and and did the Holocaust happen? We're six million Jews. I went with those. OK. And, well, that... and she was like, I don't know about the numbers about the, uh, the Holocaust. Yes. And then but more, and she goes, and I don't know anything about the moon landing. Wow. I don't know anything about that. You'll so, get moon landing people on the left as well, Pete. Will you? Yes, you will. Is that a left right thing? Yeah. Um, yeah no, that's, an, that's an out there thing. And, and you know, maybe not. Well, I, I wanted to talk to you and ask you about if you knew uh, and, and you've got to join me on my podcast Anytime. so I can just fire these questions at you. But um, I so I got into it with a Trump supporter for almost two hours on the phone. We've talked now for probably a total four hours. Really? Wait, on the phone? You mean yeah. on your radio, on your podcast? Yep. OK, on the well, podcast. Yeah, I couldn't post the last one because it was just too crazy. But one of the things that these a lot of these uh, guys now believe in. And I thought it was just the fringe of the fringe, you know, the Pizzagate pedophile stuff. Now I'm starting to believe and I'd like to see a polling question. I don't know if we could get a legitimate poll to ask this question because it sounds so absurd. But I've always been a little ahead, I think, of the mainstream media on these conspiracy theories and saying how dangerous they are and how how widespread they are. I think that a majority of Trump supporters, if they were asked, uh, is is there a deep state conspiracy within the U.S. government and the Democratic Party uh, to to uh, create and protect pedophile rings the the trumpers aren't just anti-vaxxers or racists or uh they are a a wide a huge percentage of them i don't know what it is are these QAnon pedophile rings yes they not just a few a lot of them believe in this stuff to the point where after the argument and I went after Don Bongino Dan Bongino bingo uh, you know this fuck he's he's blocked me a long time ago well, he re- he went after me back and it wasn't it wasn't good for me because he has a million followers and I have not even remotely close. And all the, the point is, I don't care about any of that. The point is, all, a lot of his followers were calling me a pedophile. Of course they were. Yeah. And I was like, Man, we used to live in a world where you would not ever jokingly or seriously call someone a rapist or a yeah. pedophile. Yeah. You wouldn't accuse a person of being a pedophile. But we're beyond. Uh, yeah, we're beyond that. These are not. The, listen, the deal with Trump people is and they have to acknowledge this. And by the way, a lot these, of them are supporters of the Catholic Church. This guy, I know. That's why these male Trump supporters need to be called out for this and say, "You are choosing to be the bad guy. You are attacking. You are lying. You are bearing false witness. Most of the time, you're being a, a coward. They, you're hiding your name. No, no, pedophile, pedophile stuff. They are the president, Dean. I mean, Dean. Pete, the president's son. The president's son. Take me for Dean Obidala. He would never argue with the president's son. Instagrammed. Uh, a link that accused the Joe Biden of being a pedophile, and it didn't even make national news. We have come to expect such scummy, low wattage behavior no, from these guys. Line, but I think his supporters really believe the craziest of crazy things, which is not to excuse it in any way. We, it has to be destroyed. But I think they believe shit. I think they believe yeah, they a lot believe of it. Yeah, they do. Of course they do. They're very easy to manipulate. I mean, who's more easy to manipulate than right-wing voters? Who? What What group in the world is more easy to manipulate into your bidding? Just say you're against abortion and you're for war, and they'll believe well, that you're Christian. 
there's there's also a huge overlap uh, with I've found with yeah religion. The QAnon people are overtly Christian or whatever you, you want to call them. I mean, well, not, they 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 call themselves I Christian. I call them grabbing by the pussy Christians because they are actually. How much have you, how much have you looked into that? That QAnon stuff. Have you interviewed people on that and tried to really understand it? It's, it's you know, pretty- I talk to people about it, but it's just it's just one of many uh, online fringe movements that happens to have caught on a little bit, and it is you know uh, it is another form of cultism. It, it has an absolute ruler. Yeah, but you'd be uniquely. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I didn't realize how re- the 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 overlap or how much of a base of Christianity there was with these QAnon and these oh, yeah. beliefs. Yeah, but this is I'd why like to- I like to engage with them because there's actually zero oh, yeah. Christianity. What you have to ask all these people. People every time is please cite a single, just one actual teaching of Jesus that Donald Trump campaigned on. Something that's not the opposite of Jesus. Like, what has Donald Trump done that's in line with the teachings of Jesus? This is how you'll find out. These people don't, don't know the care. Bible at all. They created Jesus in their own image. He hates who they hate. So they'll say pro-life right away. Jesus never mentions abortion, but he is quite vocally against the death penalty multiple times. And then they'll hate you from that point on. But, well, they I mean, but they don't believe in in Christ's teaching. No, they, they don't believe in, what the Bible says. They believe in themselves. But they believe in this. What, what's it called? The, the prosperity, prosperity uh, gospel, which is, again, that's not what the Bible is. Yeah. That's not the Bible. This is fundamentalism. All fundamentalists, all fundamentalists think that they are the one true adherence of the faith, whether it's Christianity, Judaism, whatever, that everyone who's against them is evil. And they all have the same hypocrisies, the same habits. You, you know, gay is bad. Violence is okay if our side does it because God prefers us. Women are okay, but they're second class. Other religions are allowed, but they're not real ones. Uh, they have the same the same sets of values no matter what the actual religion is. I watched that Waco on, uh, on Netflix. How was it? It was good. And um, Don't tell me how it ends. There, there's a scene I won't. <laughs> I really bought I was like, oh, I won't. There's a scene where David Crush says to an, a, a new young recruit, explaining him to the rules. He's like, listen – Nobody basically said nobody can have sex here but me, and I don't enjoy it. So he was having sex with other men's wives. Yeah, they couldn't have their own wives, but he could. Yeah, I'm convinced. I really am that a high percentage of Trumps he could go to their their house. Trump could go knock on a Trump supporter's house, and the man could answer him like, "I'm here to fuck your wife." Oh yeah. And, I'm going to come in. I'm going to have sex with her. And, and I don't want you to have sex with her anymore. Only I'm going to have sex with her. And the guy would be like, oh, all right. OK, if you say so, boss, that's how deep in they are to yeah. the cult. If you wanted to have sex with their with their wives, they would be psyched. They'd be like, yeah, Trump fucked my wife. You're right. Ooh, man, great again. I mean, it's it's that nuts. It's they will do whatever he tells them to do because yes. that's what authoritarian is. That's, what a, is that's how a cult works. You're exactly right. It's completely predictable. I did a joke about this. I was doing a game show bit called, uh, you know, a game show for Trump supporters called What's It Going to Take? And at one point, you know, every every woman on her wedding night must lie with the Russian oligarch first. I mean, he would do it and they would line up to do this kind of Braveheart shit. Absolutely. Because it's absolute yeah. obedience. And I keep saying to these guys, do you understand that absolute blind obedience to a celebrity is unmanly and unconservative, but they don't to care. A but they don't care. They, to a politician, to a celebrity politician, but they don't care because there's one drug, Pete, one drug in the world that matters, and it's dopamine. It's the squirt of pleasure in our brains that weak, mm. pe- that weak people think 
is what real happiness is. But pleasure isn't happiness. Pleasure's there a little bit, and then it goes away, and then you need more. Unless you're going to do the work to have real happiness, you need more pleasure. And there's a TV show that will give you dopamine squirts all day long. It's called Fox News. And if that's the sort of thing you like, then you're going to get all the hate your nervous system needs. And so this is literally, I'm not even kidding, this is a drug for people. And they will and the- part with their religion before they part with a thing that gives their brains pleasure. Right. Right. And if he criticizes that drug, they'll try a new drug because he's been critical of Fox News off and on, you know, and it doesn't he can do that because they'll it doesn't matter. They'll follow him wherever he goes. So he's got them. But I think I I actually going to say uh, if it's not too risky, I think he's losing support even amongst some of his hardcore supporters. Oh, he is not probably. But I, I think I think the tide is turning on on uh, based on the pandemic and his. You know, based on if you believe all the polls, absolutely. But let me ask you this, though. I mean, if they can shave, you know, four or five points off among women voters in three or four states, it's over for Trump. I mean, if they can shave four or five points off of him in three or four states, then it's done. But what do you think is the likelihood that he dumps Pence because he's got the evangelicals and Pence, he was in charge of coronavirus. It's going to come roaring back in the fall. He dumps Pence and he does what we all thought he was going to do. Put Nikki Haley in there as the running mate. Could that be enough juice? to be shinier and more positive for the next four years than Biden-Harris? Uh, I don't know. I don't, it's a really interesting thing. I don't think it'll happen, um, but but I think that if it did, that uh, he would lose a lot of support amongst his evangelical supporters. If he does dump Pence, does Pence turn on him? No, but where would they go? Where would the evangelicals go? To the Democratic Party? They'd stay right there because no, abortion is the only, yeah. abortion's no, the only no, thing they, Jesus talked about. Abortion's the only no, thing Christians care. Hmm. They just don't vote for him. They don't vote. You know, they're not they're not enthusiastic about voting if he gets rid of it. But, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We'll probably be dead by that. Yeah, hopefully. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Hey, Pete, it's really good to hear your voice. I mean, like you are someone who I admire so much. You've been so good to me in my life. I owe you so much. I've learned so much from you. And, you know, to hear how great your pod is going, everyone should subscribe to it. And to just hear how, you know, you've taken the hardships that were tossed at you. Uh, before hardship was tossed at the whole world. I mean, you were adapting before everybody else had to. Do you feel good? I do. I think that I was, I just, I found resilience that probably most people had either acquired or found earlier in their life. And the timing of it was was helpful to to take this punch and, and to adapt to it and to uh, somehow triumph, you know, uh, capitalize on it, if you will. But if you mean what you said, then you will join me this week on my podcast. Sure, anytime. All right, buddy. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. And um, how do you feel about the president uh, struggling to get that glass of water up to his? What are your thoughts on that? I well, can't. There you go. So this is what I wanted to close with, Pete, because I, I don't claim to understand things. When when they were saying, de, you know, defund police, I didn't know they meant to show cops. So I don't claim to understand, you know, and it worked. So I guess that, that was results really quick. But when it comes to the president's extremely tiny hands, um, I don't understand why he just doesn't go with like elaborate straws. Uh, or carry an IV unit with him at all times. I think if you put a, you know, if you actually mounted an IV unit on an upright AR-15, that's the most macho way to stay hydrated in the world. If your tiny stubby fingers can't grab a junior bottle of uh, Poland Spring, but what's your take? Uh, I th- I think uh, that he's got a real problem. I the, I want I cannot wait for him to explain what that was. He tried to explain that the ramp was slick, even though it wasn't. How is he going to explain that he can't re- prove it to us? Show us. A, a reporter should ask him to sh- demonstrate himself lifting a, a glass of uh, filled with anything. 
hydrochloroquine, anything he wants to his mouth and just prove it that there's no problem there. I think he's got a problem. Who would do that? If you could ask that is a physical move. If you could ask Donald Trump one question on national TV and everyone would see him answer, what would your question be? Uh, My question would be, can you please show us drinking a glass of water with your right hand? I think it was his right. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Mine would either be, uh, can you name the three branches of government or would you please name your children's birthdays? I can't decide. It would be one of those two, I'd ask him. Uh, that Those are good. I also saw my friend Bruce Bartlett tweeted, uh, it's too late now, but ask him if he knows what Juneteenth was. Uh, there was a sweet, yeah. he should have been that, but he wasn't. <laughs> Pete, um, it's so great to hear from you. How can our listeners, besides subscribing to Stand Up With Pete Dominic, how can we keep up with all you're doing, especially when you begin having road dates again? All I want is for people to listen to my podcast because it's all I want to do is my podcast. Every day I interview two or three experts, interesting folks uh, every single day. It's Stand Up with Pete Dominic. Find it wherever podcasts are available and uh, get it if you like it. Get a paid subscription because I do it every day and everybody should be uh, subscribing to independent media. Right on, Pete. I can't wait to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. You are my inspiration and uh, stay healthy. Keep, Keep fighting a good fight and let me know how I can be of service to you. Love you, pal. So glad to connect with you today. See you soon. Take care. Uh, Thank you. Now, more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. All day long, all day strong. We are washing our hands and squeezing into our eyes. That's right. But we are still taking a huge carry of virus with us everywhere. Our phones. Yeah. They're a vector for disease and we rarely clean them. I mean, the other day we tried wiping one down I and I was like, come on, girl, you know, we know what we need. We this. know exactly what we need. We are constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them to our face, yes. which is a no no these days. It's time to take cleaning your phone seriously. That's right. The Clean Phone Pro sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. That's right. It's better than wipes and safe for your device because you can't boil it, your Mm -hmm. phone, right? you can't. And the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with the nine high power UVC lights. Mm. Dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. Wow. You can be sanitizing other items while wirelessly charging your phone or just use the Clean Phone Pro as your go-to charging station at any time. Fully removable top means easier fit for more items and larger items. So, you know, you can be sanitizing your, your behind off. Depending on the size of your behind, yes. maybe you're behind too. Maybe. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Here's the deal. You got to go to thecleanphone.com today and get one for just $89 in free shipping when you use the code SEXYLIBERAL. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember, use the code SEXYLIBERAL for a two-day free shipping (laughs) and we will ship immediately. That's right. That's thecleanphone.com thecleanphone.com Thank you, Pete Dominic. Going to wrap it up quick this time, guys. Please write me at johnfuglesang.com and I read your letters on the air and listen on Sirius XM uh, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, New York Times, Siena Swing State polls. It's it's a massacre. Biden is beating Trump 11 points in Michigan, 11 points in Wisconsin, 10 points in Pennsylvania, 9 points in North Carolina, 7 points in in Arizona, 6 points in Florida. Trump won all six of those states in 2016, and it means nothing if people don't vote. 
Also, try to humiliate Ron DeSantis if you can. And if you need to be inspired, I recommend watching um, The Five Bloods, the new Spike Lee movie on, on Netflix. Uh, it's long. It's powerful. Uh, it, it is one of the best things Spike Lee's ever done. And at 90 minutes, I had to take a break, and I thought, there's another hour left in this movie? This movie's going to be too long. It seems like it's wrapping up. I was so wrong when I finished it. I thought, this film has to be two and a half hours. I don't need an Oscars. I need Delroy Lindo to be given the Academy Award this year. It is the best performance I've seen. Can't recommend it highly enough. Thank you all. Uh, thank you to everyone at Sexy Liberal Podcasting Network, Chris LaVoy, Stephanie Miller. Thank you, Jen Hagerty. And uh, of course, please remember, Trump's not the Antichrist, but Christ is the anti-Trump. Talk in a couple of days.